Welcome to the Kind Faith for Couples. We're committed to helping couples thrive in real, honest, and hope-giving ways. Marriage is hard, so let's be kind. Hey, welcome to the Kind Faith for Couples. I'm Marcy. And I'm Jeff. And we're here busting this and supporting couples in their marriages as best we can. And our myth for this week is... Our myth for this week is... Happy, good, well-adjusted couples don't fight. <laughs> Want to tell them about our last three days? Um, so, so I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but but it's a it's a common misconception that couples, if they're doing great, don't fight. I've done marriage counseling, and I've had couples come in and try to convince me that they were great for marriage because they didn't fight. And all that did for me was raise incredibly big red flags. Right. There's a statistic that the Gottmans um, gave us about conflict in marriage. You remember it? Uh, 67% of conflict in marriage or discussions in marriage are not fixable. So that's huge. Two thirds of conflicts in marriage aren't Resolvable. So conflict You're is just different. Yeah, conflict is going to be uh, at the heart of every relationship. It's just the way it is because you're different. You have different upbringings. You have everything's different. So conflict really becomes about managing rather than solving. So we we've got to figure out as couples how to manage conflict, and we've got some ways that we learned from the Gottmans and from our own experience and our own counseling with couples to to help begin to step into managing conflict a little bit better. And so let's let's dive in and talk about those. Um, we talked about last week this concept of dreams and so many conflicts are actually about dreams. Right, and expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. Dreams and expectations. And so hearing the emotion, the feelings, and the dreams under the expectation that has been met is so important when we come to conflict. Right. And one of the the first conflicts that Jeff and I had when we were early married was um, the fact that uh, he would, as the man, lock and secure the house before we get, went to bed at night. That was your expectation. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, where did that come from? Well, for me... I watched my dad walk around our entire house and secure and lock every single door in our home before we went to bed. And so, of course, that's the man's job, right? And so our son is growing up watching me lock every single door <laughs> of the Because I grew up in Texas and we didn't lock anything. Yes. And there's a lot that goes into that because male, female roles and females feeling insecure about security but it's just so funny about expectations it's like where do those expectations come from because that's you know just because that is how you grew up you assume that that's just how it is and truly it's just that his family was different than mine and we've had the conflict for let's see i, I want to say 27 years we've been married 20 about closing the doors right right yeah so <laughs> yes. for 27 years we had that conflict and everything shifted 
when we, we kind of lived with it together, but we didn't manage it well. And everything shifted when there was a moment, and I still remember it, where you said, you're a man and I'm a woman and you need to understand, which like, duh, right? But <laughs> you need to understand how vulnerable I feel. And it, she just used the word vulnerable and it unlocked the feeling behind the expectation. Right. And that was the power of it. And it did change my behavior, but it changed my behavior not because she told me to or or nagged me about it. It changed my behavior because I I could understand the feeling under it. And so in conflict, the real question to ask is what's what's the feeling here? Why and is it important? Why is it important? And to and to listen for the feeling, and then when the feeling is heard, to to validate that feeling. And you may not even know the reason for the feeling. You're gonna have to think about it. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know initially. It was just like because the man does this, and it's like, well, why do I think that? Oh, because my dad. I saw my dad do this for my entire time growing mm -hmm. up. And so it took us a while <laughs> to get to the feeling, but when we got there. It really helped. And so it saves a ton of grief to, to end conflict, listen for the feelings. And even though the details and the facts and all of that are there, and do you remember it right? And this, you know, do I remember it right? You know, all that stuff, as, as best you can, move down below that and listen for the feelings and work at the feeling level as opposed to the fact level. So that's, that's the first. The second one, it is really powerful, and and it's this that master couples, according to the research in in uh, by John and Julie Gottman, is master couples accept influence. Right. This was really helpful for us to understand how we operate together because in conflict, I end up crossing my arms and pushing back on everything. So, oh, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. That's not true. That's not factual. And what I'm doing is rejecting any influence. But by using the word vulnerable or expressing how I feel instead of accusing, you're not doing this because whatever, you're lazy or whatever the scenario is, um, to say I feel vulnerable please help me not feel that way, um, is a game changer. That's a game changer in the conversation. It's a game changer to express, but you have to be the one to accept the influence. So right. if she says that, I can easily say, well, you're just trying to manipulate me. Or you're just trying to turn this in your favor. Or you're trying to make me feel sorry for. All of those things that I just did are refusing to accept influence. And so accepting influence is allowing your attitude, your perception of the facts, your feelings to be shifted, not changed, but shifted or nudged by your partner. And that, that's accepting influence. And it's really, really important because if I'm not accepting her influence, she's going to feel disrespected, not loved and not cared for. And that puts her in a position of defensiveness and then we're off to the races and it's just going to be ugly. And some of you out there might be saying, well, that's fine for you because 
you know, you have learned how to talk to each other and, you know, our communication style and our family is completely different. Um, well, <clears throat> Jeff's and my, because we've already shared that we're opposites. So his communication style that he grew up with was in regard to conflict was there was no conflict. Right. My parents never, literally never fought in front of me ever. Right. I never saw them fight. And I grew up in an Italian home that we talked verbosely, um, loudly, um, and that was when we were in conflict and yelling at each other, that was like we were just talking. I mean, so that's just how it was. So um, when the first time we had a conflict, Jeff thought we were breaking up, and I'm just like, I'm just telling you how I feel. So I had to tone it down mm -hmm. and he had to step it up to meet in the middle. Yeah. And and I, I would say to this point on accepting influence, the opposite of effect of accepting influence is defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Right. Being defensive. So being overly um, feeling like at any point you're in a position of defensiveness, whether it's whether it's fighting over facts or crossing your arms and pushing away, all of that stuff is the opposite. And so figuring out, okay, what in this can I accept influence in? It's not influence over everything and it's not becoming a doormat, right? Right. right. It's not, oh, whatever you say, dear. Yes, dear. You know, that's, a, oh, that bugs me. That a happy marriage is when a guy just says yes, dear, right? Right. It's a joke. Well, it is true. It's a joke. <laughs> but... But accepting influence is not just conceding at all points. Right. It's it's actual influence. It's it's hearing her and allowing myself to shift. And accepting influence within your own self, of <clears throat> uh, because if I'm getting if my feelings are getting escalated to the point where I'm that whole drama is coming out that happened when I was younger, um, I need to. Sometimes I need to just go take a time out for 20 minutes, de-escalate, and then come back out and have a conversation. This hurt my feelings. Um, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what brought to mind so that we can have a conversation versus... Um, yeah, and that's the third point for this. Right. So the third point <laughs> is manage your triggers. There's a, there's a physiological phenomenon called the flooding, emotional flooding where we become, our, our brain recedes into the limbic system and we're just fight or flight. And that's where, that's where we're living. And we, we don't think straight, we don't operate well in that. You know you're in that state when your hands get sweaty or your face gets flushed or your heart rate is elevated. Um, and, and managing triggers means knowing what are the things that your spouse does that triggers you. Yeah, I, I know that one of the things that I do that that triggers Marcy is is arguing over facts. <laughs> when when she says, oh, this happened to the other day, and I go, well, it didn't happen the other day that way, you know? That was on Thursday, not the other day. You know, we, we you do that, and I, I'm just pushing triggers. Not only am I not accepting influence, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, engaging triggers that aren't helpful. Trying to win instead of listen. So, but the thing about accepting influence, what I'm trying to get at is that you can accept influence for yourself by realizing 
I'm getting triggered here. So accept your own influence to, I need to take a break. I need to, to take care of myself right now and we'll come back to this. Be aware of your own <clears throat> circumstance and, and be influenced by what you're actually By yourself, mm-hmm. right. Do what's gonna help you stay healthy um, and then bring that to the table. Yeah. One of the one of the things, and we'll we'll close out this time with this. But there's that there's famous scripture. We'll put it in the passage below. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And couples feel like it's it's the worst thing ever to um, to stay angry with your spouse. And overnight, overnight, and so things get forced, and resolve gets forced, and. And the bitterness is at the core of the problem there. And so it's okay to continue to be angry because sometimes I don't even know what I'm angry about. I go to bed and I turn off the light and I'm angry. And even if I kept the light on, we aren't going to resolve that until before dawn. No. And you don't want to have an argument when you're hungry, when it's late at night, you're tired. And there's a third one. Um, Hungry late at night and... I, don't remember I can't remember the third one, but if you're hungry, that's hangry. Don't have that conversation at that moment. Um, and if it's if you're tired, you're just too tired. And yeah, and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to to set that aside. And and we're not saying don't do what what Jesus said to do, right? But but we are saying that that anger that we feel don't let don't let the anger and the resolution of anger overwhelm the love, patience, kindness, and listening for one another. And that's at the heart of that message. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Let love rise and be the guiding light for your anger. So let love go first. Make an appointment to talk about the resolution the next morning. Um, or quickly within the first 48 hours because if it doesn't happen within the first 48 hours then that turns to shame and blame so you need to have this resolution um, not when you're hungry not when you're tired and within the first 48 hours start talking about it and you may not be able to resolve it even in the first 48 hours but make another appointment two days later so that you can continue the conversation so the myth, happy marriages don't don't have fights or the, conflict. The truth is, happy, healthy, master type marriages Couples. actually manage conflict well. They listen for the emotion, they accept influence, and they manage their triggers and keep themselves from from emotional flooding. And those are those are huge helps, and that's especially this week because it's Thanksgiving week, right? Right. And so this is practicable not just with your spouse but with your family members as well. Right. Thanks for coming and being our friends. And if you like to subscribe, we would appreciate that. And do it yourself. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you came and joined us today. You can find out more about us at thekindfaith.org.